Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Time for another episode of the Fit Fizz Podcast. As promised, I'm going to keep it nice and light today after having such heavy episodes the last few weeks. So, have you found the kind of training or workouts or a sustainable, healthy way of eating where you're like, okay, this is definitely it. This feels right. This works for me. I can tell that I could do this for life. Or is that something that you struggle with? I think a lot of people struggle and it can happen from time to time. You know, it can change throughout life. So I'm going to talk about different personality types and how sometimes if maybe you're hating the type of training or dieting that you're doing, it might be a good sign that it's time to take a step back and maybe reevaluate. Because there's probably something about the format that simply is not a match for your personality type, for you to stay interested and stay committed. And what happens if you're not interested, not committed? Well, your chances of sticking with it and really reaching your goals aren't too likely. So in case you're wondering who the heck I am, I'm Kelly Wilson, owner of fitfizstudio.com, and I am a personal trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease educator, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry for over 25 years. I'm here to help you ditch the gimmicks, find strength through your struggles, give you knowledge for making the start making the smartest choices for your own health, and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. The information shared is for educational and informational purposes only. Nothing should be interpreted as an intent to diagnose, treat, cure, heal, or prescribe. All right. A lot of what I'm going to go over today is not anything new, nothing revelatory. It's really common sense. And I know that I often personally have light bulb moments for certain things that maybe I'd heard it tons of times already. Then one day, boom, all of a sudden it was just worded in a way that made me think about it just differently enough so that it suddenly made sense in a way that it never had before. I've had a lot of these moments. Maybe you have too. But in my first few years of powerlifting training and the technique that's used for benching and squatting and deadlifting, I had done those lifts for years already. But Once I started training for powerlifting in particular, I very quickly realized that basically I knew nothing about those lifts. And what I was learning was all kinds of tips on how to execute them properly in a way that I never even knew existed. I was learning a ton, but there were things that people would shout out trying to be helpful during a lift that didn't make sense to me for the longest time. And that's because certain phrases, they, they make sense to us in different ways, right? So when I also started powerlifting, I had to get over this comfort zone that I had really stayed in. And what I mean by that is by preferring to always train alone. I, was, I had to realize that I was never going to learn what I needed to learn if I was not part of that team. So I had to get over my desire to train alone. And I was lucky enough to live near a powerlifting gym where there was such a, pow- a solid powerlifting team to begin with. So I knew that if I ever wanted to really get strong, I had to humble myself into going in with a mindset that I really didn't know much about lifting at all. Even though I had already been lifting for many years, I had to find 
I had to also find some kind of enjoyment in training with others, even though I had previously just always trained alone because I liked it. And I was lucky enough that all of these amazingly strong people let me be part of the team. I had always been the type of person who trained alone. And if I wasn't the one leading the group fitness class or leading personal training with others, that was me, like the lone wolf. But, you know, I I learned that I had to change my mindset for the sake of expanding my abilities in fitness. And in hindsight, I also had to learn a lot about boundaries. And even having that term boundaries as part of my regular, regular vocabulary to even be able to express myself for my preferences in how I wanted to train. Uh, there have probably been, I don't know, 200 times in my life when a friend would say something like, oh my God, you're always at the gym. I need your motivation. We should work out together sometime. Now, before I learned about boundaries and what they were and how to have them, I would get so stressed out inside myself when friends would say that kind of thing about us working out together. And since nobody ever taught me about boundaries and how it didn't make me a bad person if I wanted to say no to someone's request of me, it would just create all this stress and anxiety within me because I didn't know how to graciously vocalize that I would prefer not to. That was my personal preference. And it was never that I didn't want to enjoy time with a friend, but I always had my training program and I didn't like any sort of chit chat when I'm in their training. You know, I, if you go with a friend, you, you're going to end up talking about this and that. Oh, how are you doing? How's this? How's that? And after working a long day, I just wanted to get to the gym, get my lifting done, get home as get it over with as quickly as possible so I could go home and shower and eat and rest and do it all again the next day. Because aside from that, there's really not a lot of, you know, just downtime during the week if you're really making time for training every single day. So eventually, embarrassingly late in life, I finally found my voice and my boundaries about, like I said, embarrassing, around age 38 or 39. So when friends would ask, I could say something like, well, I would really like to train with you, but I really need that extra time to myself to decompress and to be in my head. Maybe when I get some extra free time, we can do it then. And I really do mean that part, that that last part that we could do it when I do get extra free time because I would enjoy training with friends, but for me, it would have to be in addition to what I'm already doing for myself, not at the same time, but in addition. So since there'd be a high probability, you know, that training with a friend would turn into socializing and more, sometimes, you know, you, you just never know, especially if you've never trained with people before, if it would end up being even more socializing than actual training. And I, to me, I feel like that could very easily happen. Some people might think I'm a jerk for that, but I'm okay with that because I found my voice. I found, I set my boundaries and I feel good about that. I know it doesn't make me a bad person. And, you know, that's it. It just felt very liberating once I was able to know that about myself and to vocalize it. And because I'm now able to do that, I definitely view that as a form of self-care by taking care of my boundaries. Um, otherwise, people would trample them. And just as much as I like to train alone, there are many people who hate it. 
And this is one aspect of what I mean when I say training for your personality type. And this is the type of thing that you should definitely take into account when you're trying to figure out what kind of workouts or training that you want to do, especially if you have a history of not loving the gym, not loving to sweat, not loving to exercise. That's when you really need to take a step back and really make that a priority in your decision-making process. On just about any given day, I can open up Facebook or Twitter and see someone say something like, hey friends, has anyone tried such and such workout? Does it work? How do you like it? And there's nothing wrong with that. It can be nice to get recommendations from friends and you know hear what they thought of certain things. But let's say someone is asking this question, but they have a long history of sticking, only sticking to a plan if they have a friend or someone in person who is going to hold them accountable. Let's say somebody just, they just, they have a long history of not sticking to something if it's completely on their own. As in, you know, they need someone to hold them accountable, like showing up at the gym together to do a group group strength training class on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 p.m. And let's say if the friend is sick one day, guess who ends up not going? That person who needs the person-to-person accountability. So if they're thinking about checking out some on-demand virtual workouts, there are all kinds of them now since everything shut down in March due to COVID, they might be super motivated because the advertisement pulls them in and makes all these promises and it's only $49 a month and look at this, you can do all of this. But if they would take a pause, get honest with themselves, they would know from a long track record for some people that if they committed to that payment, There's no guarantee that they're going to do these workouts at home, on demand, when nobody is there to hold them accountable and be like, hey, you're showing up in five minutes, right? You're going to be there. So maybe some of you can relate to this. Maybe some of you can't. Um, Or maybe you have the other type of personality where on demand type of workouts is perfect for you because you just know that you operate best that way. And none of these are better or worse than the other. We're just all different. Uh, But I think a lot of people don't prioritize this aspect in their decision-making process. So that's what I'm trying to encourage you to do. And maybe lately you've been struggling with finding your workout groove, especially since the state of the world is a mess with COVID. And I know a lot of people are trying to shift gears into finding something that works for them, especially if you don't have gym access now like you might have before. So even if your friends are maybe raving about a certain kind of workout and trying it, trying to get you on board, it's important to ask yourself if the setup and the delivery of the workout is going to work for your personality type because we all have our preferences and they might change over time, like I said before, at different points of life, depending on what other stuff is going on in your life. You know, if you're taking care of kids, if you've got a long commute to work, some people really need a sense of community. Some people don't. Some people need videos that explain every single move, even if they've done them before. Some people would rather just have a workout or training program just written out in words so they can just read it on their phone and do it. Or maybe some people want it formatted for a certain number of days. Some people might not, that might be too uh, restrictive for other people. 
Some people cannot stand to commit to anything. So they need something flexible or else they're going to hate it and they're not going to do it at all. So those are some examples of you need to know you need to know these types of things about yourself. So if you find that you can't stick to something, this could be the key to figuring out what works for you. And this is a very important aspect that I really, like I said, I don't think a lot of people consider it as a priority when you're making a decision for a training program or uh, nutrition. And uh, I'm going to get a little bit more into the nutrition side of things too in just a little bit. Now, as with everything in life, the more you know yourself and your preferences and your boundaries, the more successful you're going to be at reaching your goals, no matter what they are. Another example is when there are uh, challenges or DIY courses of any kind, but I'm framing it in a sense of fitness stuff. I'm sure you've seen things like 90-day challenges and eight-week workout programs. I have a confession to make here. <laughs> so I'm admitting a huge mental block of my own that affects my own progress with expanding FitFits. Things like these 30-day and 90-day challenges, they really don't sit well with me. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, it's because I have this love for this passion for fitness, right? It's part of my life. It's part of who I am. And so because I love it, when I'm teaching it to others, ideally, I want people to, to stick with it for life, right? Not just 30 or 90 days. Now, rationally, I know that 30 and 90 day challenges work because they are meant for people who don't love exercise as much as I do. So they are appealing because they are short term. Now, ideally, someone will do these challenges and they'll see progress and then it won't be the end of the road. They'll be inspired to keep going. That's why they're set up that way. And I know this, especially with my marketing background and graphic design. But Oh, this is my confession. Do I have a really hard time putting these types of programs into place? I really do because I don't want people to stick to them short term. And like I said, I know logically that, you know, if it's meant for them, they will keep going. But I get anxiety about it because they feel like they're too much in alignment with all of the gimmicky ripoff fitness stuff that I really can't stand. So it's a hang up of mine. And it's super, super important for me to have integrity, uh, more integrity than a lot of those programs have. Like I'd hate for anyone to see me offer a 30-day challenge and associate it with the gimmicky, scammy kind of stuff. I Like that association scares me to death. So that's that's my mental block. So I'll get over myself one day and I'll actually have that type of stuff for you in hopes that you will want to continue once you see the progress. And But these types of things, they're really for a specific personality type, right? Because I am not going to go buy those from somebody else because like I said, I already don't like them. But would you do this kind of thing? A lot of people will. And, you know, I'm definitely not faulting anybody. If that's your favorite, that's fine if that works for you because you could out, you could do one after another and it can still become a lifelong thing. Um, but what do you think of those? I would love to hear from you on social media or email me, kelly at fitfizstudio.com. Here's another aspect. There's a podcast that I really love called Happier with Gretchen Rubin. 
And she's an author too. She's another one of my dream guests for the podcast one day. I might have said that before. But her podcast is really lighthearted and she mostly talks about simple ways to organize your life. And she's also developed a personality assessment called The Four Tendencies. And there's a quiz that you can take to find out which one you are. She's also written a book about it. So I'll have those links in the show notes for you. Uh, But the basics of it are that you're either what she calls a rebel, an upholder, a questioner, or an obliger. And since I listen to her talk about it so often, I can see how different workout preferences fit into her four tendencies. So for example, if you turn out to be the rebel personality, that's me, this type of person hates the idea of any kind of format unless it's their decision. That's totally me. I want to do it when I want to do it, how I want to do it, and it's going to be my way. So this makes a lot of sense for me in a fitness sense too, because obviously I'm an experienced professional in fitness because I love it and I also really don't need accountability. But there's the questioner type of person. This person will be the type who probably prefers a workout where they have access to asking lots of questions whether it's one-on-one between you and a trainer or in a group, or it might be um, an online group. And they, so the questioner type of personality, they're probably not going to want to stick to a program where it's like just a pre-recorded video because they don't have, they don't have that direct live interactivity or access to talking about it or asking questions. Then there's the obliger and upholder personality types. Now, these two types, obliger and upholder, they would probably make really great workout buddies if they were paired together because the upholder, they uphold things. They, you know, they're very much, they put integrity first. They will stay committed if they said they were going to. So if they said they were going to go to a group training program at 6 a.m. in the park, If the obliger is their workout buddy, the obliger is definitely going to show up too because it's important to an obliger type of person to not let anyone down. So they balance each other out by holding each other accountable in the ways that help them both make progress or, you know, have their consistency. Now, the obligers and upholders, they would also probably strongly prefer working with trainers because also let's be honest as long as you have a decent trainer working with a trainer is going to be almost always the best way to achieve your goals because after all you are working directly with an expert now the rebel type might also really do well with written out workout plans because they're usually super independent and they get things done on their own so if you know that you are, say, like a questioner where you need direct access to somebody. Don't just go buy a written training plan, even if it sounds like a good idea. The, if the marketing is great, it might pull you in and you'll spend that money and you buy it, but you're not going to do it if your personality doesn't mesh with that type of workout delivery. Okay, let's talk a little bit about how this works with nutrition and meal plans. If you're struggling with health or you have a desire to lose weight or gain weight, now obviously a smart person is going to turn to nutrition to make those changes. As we always talk about, it can be also confusing, right? So where do you start? 
we have the term yo-yo dieting because it can be very, very difficult to stick with a plan, especially when we're constantly surrounded by less than healthy, very tempting food. So where do you start? Have you maybe tried lots of things and maybe not really achieved what you wanted? Well, guess what? It's probably time to do a self-evaluation to see what kind of plan is going to work for your personality. Doing so might really increase your chances of sticking to it, which is crucial to hitting the goal. All of the same principles really apply. And if you know that you will never stay consistent unless you have accountability on maybe a daily basis, like I already said, don't go purchasing a one and done meal plan that comes in an ebook format. You'll buy it and you probably will never read the first page. And you know if you need accountability or not. Think about your personal habits. You'll know if you're honest with yourself. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, most, most people need some kind of accountability. So it's totally nothing to be ashamed of or embarrassed about. Just accept it as a fact and plan your next steps accordingly. So if you need account- accountability, you probably also need to ask yourself, what level of accountability that you need, because this is going to vary greatly from person to person as well. Maybe you only need a Facebook group where you know there's a sense of community from other people doing the same thing. You can check in once a day or whenever you feel like you're having a weak moment and you need extra support. Um, Or maybe a Facebook group is enough for you to remember to check in daily. Maybe you need that kind of accountability. like I said, it's different for every person. Maybe you need someone, if you need another level of more intense accountability, maybe you need a coach who is going to email you every single day with what you need to do every single day, what you should be eating, and you have to report back to them. Or maybe you need something even more intense, like all day texting access to a coach. Some people really need that, or they're never going to stick to it. Uh, And that's fine. Like I said, it's nothing to be ashamed about. It's just a fact. But I'm, I'm talking about this to bring awareness. Like I've said, I think two or three times already, I think a lot of people don't think about this in their decision-making process. Now, I've also seen lots of coaches, even for professional bodybuilders, where they make their clients send them a picture of every single meal before they eat and as soon as they get done. So like a picture of the full meal and a picture of the empty dish or plate. So by doing this, that's very, very high accountability because it really cuts down on how much a person can lie about what they're actually eating. Because if you have to send a picture before and after your meal, are you really going to cook a whole other meal that's like your pizza and junk food, but send them this nice plate of, you know, veggies and chicken? Probably not. You know, if you're going to go through the trouble, you're probably just going to be honest about it. And that that's the whole point of that level of accountability. Some people really need that. Um, it works wonderfully for some people. For me, it would never work. I would hate it because for me, uh, it sends a signal like, well, it kind of just triggers this attitude within me because it's just my personality. If they like, well, it's clear you don't trust me, so we're just not going to do it at all. <laughs> that's just me. That's just how I am. And again, there's absolutely nothing wrong with either way. As I said, most people do need accountability. 
I'm that kind of person. I've said it before. I, I'm a type A, but I call myself a reluctant type A because I hate that I'm a type A. Um, but, you know, I would prefer to just have a meal plan or a macro split handed to me and I'll run with it and I'll do it and I'll be fine. Also, by the way, if you don't know what macros are, please listen to episodes 39, 40, and 41. Um, so to, you can listen to those episodes to learn about macros. Um, and we are going to talk about them more. So I hope you will at least understand the basics of macros. But when I was prepping for my bodybuilding competition, my coach was very hands off. And, you know, when you're prepping for bodybuilding, that's a especially, you know, first timer. It's a pretty drastic change in your body composition. Uh, so my coach was very hands off. I hope to have her on the show one day. Note to self. <laughs> but she did instill instill enough fear in me that I was not going to let her down. So I stuck to every single meal plan for eight solid months. I did not veer at all. There were a couple times when I was like, could I please just have this like, uh, you know, still healthy treats. But and, you know, I would just kind of beg for like a couple hundred more calories. Uh, but, you know, that was like when we were getting really near the end. And, you know, it was really critical for me to stay on track. And I, I really did stay on track for the eight months. Uh, but, you know, when we started, she was just like, here's what you're eating. Measure your food. I want photos every Sunday. And boom, that was it. We didn't check in on a daily basis. Um, but photos, that's another route that works for some personality types and not others. Uh, this is one aspect that can be... A slippery slope because if you happen to have lots of destructive body image issues, this might do more harm than good by taking photos all the time of your body. However, I do think that even if you hate the idea, this can still be a really good tool for anyone unless you really have a history with any kind of uh, eating disorder or anything resembling disordered eating or really... Uh, you know, mental health issues relating to body image. Um, so I'll never forget when I started, though, with the my my road to the bodybuilding competition, I tried to talk her out of making me do weekly photos because I hated how I looked. And But she convinced me that we needed to do it. And those first few weeks, I cried a couple times because I didn't want to see myself in that bikini. But it turned out that she was right. It was a really useful tool. And as I progressed... I started to be so proud to send her my weekly photos. So it's a really good tool. And, you know, even if you do it on your own, you don't have to show people. Um, it's a really good way of holding yourself accountable. And as I mentioned, fear. Fear is another tactic that works for some and not others. Fear totally works for me as a motivator. In fact, sometimes I prefer it because I know it has gotten me to my goals on occasions. Uh, some people might think that it sounds extreme or unhealthy to be motivated by fear, but I'm sure most of you have probably used fear as a motivator, but maybe you just didn't realize it. One very simple example that comes to mind is like a teenager rushing home to get home before curfew. That's being motivated by fear, fear of punishment. So for me, fear worked on uh, dance teams uh, that I was on. There was a sense of fear of wearing tiny spandex outfits dancing in front of thousands of people. And it made it pretty easy for me to learn to say no to junk food when I needed to. I'll never forget one dance team I was on. We were about three months out from the beginning of the football season. And I was a little chunky for the uniforms. And I knew that. And the coach, you know, she had a little talk with me about, you know, needing to lose some of my size. 
And, you know, I was already aware of it. But a couple months later, one day at rehearsal, she was like, Kelly, I don't know what you're doing, but it's working. So keep doing it. (laughs) And I didn't have any accountability back then. I didn't even know macro counting was a thing back then. But I basically quit eating an entire frozen pizza every night and I ate more protein. But it was that fear of how I was going to look and feel in that uniform that motivated me. For some people, it's a fear of disease, fear of diabetes, fear of high blood pressure, fear of heart disease, fear of backsliding into a severe autoimmune flare. If you have autoimmune issues, all of those can be motivation to choose healthier foods over junk foods most of the time. And that is being motivated by fear. Uh, You know, and like I said, it's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a fact. Uh, This is also somewhat related to episode 10, which was, what's your victory language? Very similar to love languages. Some people are super motivated by rewards. And I always encourage you to not choose food as a reward, but there are other rewards, like you can get a new gym shirt or reward yourself with a massage if once you achieve a certain fitness goal or whatever works for you, whatever your victory language is. Again, that's episode 10 if you want to listen to that. But if you're a person who is likely to stick to something when you know there's a reward at the end, then set up your training or your meal plan to reflect that. And as much as we all have our preferences for everything, what kind of pizza we like, what our favorite movies are, we each have our preferences for what kind of fitness training or meal plans and accountability will be the most effective for us getting to our goals. So no matter where you are on your fitness journey, but I'm especially talking to the people who don't enjoy it or have trouble committing, keep the type of setup as the main priority when you choose which route to take. That way, it's a positive experience for you and you're more likely to stick to it and have the kind of success that you envision. Now, One of my favorite things with FitFizz that I hope to do a whole lot more of is one-on-one sessions virtually with people to help you sort through your sticking points and whatever you're struggling with that is keeping you from reaching your goals. I can help you assess what your options are. We can talk about how you're going to achieve them, make a game plan. Think of me as your health concierge. You can set up a one-on-one virtual appointment with me. We can make a plan. I'll answer all your questions. And I'm going to give you all of my best resources. Believe me, I've got a ton of resources for everything related to health and fitness. And you can do that. Set that up with me one-on-one time by going to fitfizstudio.com slash coaching. And we can proactively get you unstuck with any aspect of health or fitness or nutrition that you are struggling with. We all have our sticking points. So no shame. Just sign up and we are going to make progress together. And if you'd like to help support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month, think of it like a virtual tip jar. You can go to patreon.com slash Kelly Wilson and you can even get rewards like discounts in the FitFish shop for helping support the show. Major thanks to my current supporters who are Wendy C, Jaris H, Zach R, Pamela P, Elise V, Tracy D, and the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast. I love you all for the support. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening today. Share this with a friend if you enjoyed the show. And until next time, breathe, stay strong, and what? Always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory.